Hello and welcome to another edition, episode number 48 of the Lab Epstein Hitting Podcast. My name is Jim, standing in a room in my house in Champa Bay, and joining me is my friend, co-host, professional evaluator, former coach, successful business owner, Jake Epstein. I don't have a, a tagline for you this week. I, I was going to give you a tagline this week, but I thought of something else at the moment, and that German idea kind of broke off into many stems of ideas, and it took me like an hour to get back to what I was doing, which was prepping for the show. So my apologies. Maybe next week. Yeah. Well, I know last time I talked too soon during your intro, you, you got mad at me. So I, I wanted to make sure that I kept my mouth shut this time. <laughs> I was just kidding that time. I was just kidding last week. Yeah, but I, mean, yeah. I, I thought that was a really good one, and you you came barreling through. Came barreling yeah, I in. Take it. Um, so you, you and I were talking off air about, uh, Jack Leiter and, and, uh, Kumar Rocker, a little bit about him, but more so Jack mm-hmm. Leiter and what he did on Friday night with Vanderbilt. You're watching the games. I, I did not watch the games. Um, I've seen Jack Leiter pitch and I, I've said to you, I think he can pitch in the big leagues right now. Um, but some of the things that stand out, I'm just going to kind of hand it off to you and then I'm going to give him my opinion on something, but some of the things that stand out with him. Uh, in your eyes and what you see. I, I just see a kid right now, and I'm, I'm going broad strokes here, but I see a kid right now who absolutely can pitch in the big leagues tomorrow. Yeah, you know, the last guy I saw that looked like that, and I faced, when I was at Mizzou in 18, we faced Rocker, so I saw mm-hmm. him in person. But the last guy I really saw dominate games mm-hmm. was Mark Pryor. Uh, we played against Mark prior twice when he was at USC actually he used to be a Vanderbilt before SC, but, and he was like that. He, his extension was amazing. He almost looked like he, when he delivered the ball, he was just putting it in the catcher's mitt. Like you, you didn't have any time to react to a pitch and it was, it came out of nowhere. Like his arm was so fast. Yeah. And I see the same thing with lighter, like his arm action is just electric he, he really keeps the ball down, but he keeps it down on a flat trajectory, like probably only five or six degrees uh, drop on his fastball. You know, most, I should say most, but a lot of big leaguers that throw hard, you know, 95, when they throw it at the belt, you know, when they're trying to ride high spin rate fastballs, you know, you're looking at a four degree down slope. Lighter's able to get a six degree, which is very flat at the bottom of the strike zone, which makes it tough to hit. It really does. Like you, yeah. yeah. It's tough, and he's, and he's got a good breaking ball. And you know what? He's confident. You can look at his legs and know he's going to be a power pitcher. Like, he is so athletic coming off. And the reason he is is because uh, Jack attended an Epstein hitting camp in Mountainside, New Jersey, <laughs> probably 10 years ago. And the lower body stuff that we taught him at that – it was funny. I actually texted Al Leiter last night, um, who I haven't – I mean, we haven't talked in probably four or five years. Yeah. And I just said uh, – I said, Jack sure is fun to watch. Can't believe you brought him to a hitting camp, you know, and tried to make him into a hitter 10 years ago or something like that. So it was, we, we shared a couple laughs. But, I mean, he is fun to watch. Like, that you, um, kid is competitive and he's electric. Yeah. And I would take him ahead of Rocker. I would too. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I Rocker may have been tired, but Rocker throws um, – I don't have access to his TrackMan data this mm-hmm. this season, but I've seen him pitch three times, and I would say just by watching him, he's thrown over sixty five percent breaking balls. Right, and he has an amazing breaking ball. His hard breaking ball is more of a slider or a slurve. Like that thing comes out and stays on the same plane as a fastball for yeah. a really long time. It really does. Um, but no one's afraid of his fastball, mm-hmm. and you can't be a power pitcher that's two hundred and sixty pounds and throw 65% breaking balls. Like, your arm is – you're done. Yeah. Like, your arm's not going to hold up to that. And that would scare me if I was going to draft him. And and he's throwing 90 to 91, which he was the other night. He's throwing 65% breaking balls. Um, maybe he was tired. Maybe he was cold. But there's there's countless guys that throw 90-91 at the college game. Um, and to give somebody first-round money that's throwing that velocity, um, I don't know. I mean, yeah. he throws strikes, so that's not. I mean, that's big. He throws strikes. He's got devastating breaking pitches, but he better find his velocity back, or you know, I, I think it's going to cost him a lot of money here. Yeah, and the thing about lighter too, you notice every start, 
it's the same velocity on average, I think, 94 yeah. to, to 97. And that yeah. and it gets on hitters quickly, too. Um, it does, because he gets down the mound. Like, if you see how wide, like, where his stride leg is, sure, it's it's further than most people his size. Yeah. And so by the time he's extending, that ball's, you know, that's 90. You know, people people always say, oh, the, you know, 60 feet, six inches. But the ball's released from like 54 feet usually. Yeah. With him, it might be 53 feet. With the big unit, it was like 51 feet. Right. Right. And what right. people don't understand is, you know, we have to make up our mind when the ball's 12 to 15 feet from the plate is like the no. You know, that's the, the the red line. So you really only have like 40-something feet to make up your mind at a ball move at 95. So when you have guys that throw hard and you have guys that have high spin rates, which means the ball stays in the air longer, mm-hmm. which means they can extend more and keep the ball up at the bottom of the strike zone, that's a pretty good combination. And I'm, yeah, I'm not a know, pitching guy, but yeah. that's a good combination. You mentioned, too, the, uh, the game that was on Friday night and how – they were the commentators were mentioning the exit velocity of hitters or how hard the ball was hit. And I just want to give, and you mm-hmm. and I were talking about this too off air. And I want to give the commentators from college to even the pros to major league baseball, a little bit of advice. It only really, if it's, if you're going to say the velocity, the exit velocity, please make it matter, you know, because if you're just saying the exit velocity to the audience member, it really doesn't matter. A lot of times they can kind of tell how hard it was hit <laughs> off the bat and set up well, your it, color commentator with it too. So you can give a poignant point that can push the broadcast forward. There's my advice for you, all of you people out there who are doing these games, I, who want the exit velocity and say, you the can, velocity. you, you can try to, I don't know if your computer's on, but you can try to look this up. I don't know who was doing the color last night for the mm-hmm. Vanderbilt Mizzou game, but, um, they made a comment that, you know, because the announcer says, oh, that ball was hit 108 miles an hour or whatever off the bat. Yeah. What did they used to do? You know, right. what, what did they used to say? And, and the guy was like, oh, you know who it was? It wasn't. It was it was the first game. It was Ben McDonald. So I think McDonald did the Thursday night game of that series. Okay. And McDonald says, well, you just knew. Like, that ball was hit really hard. We didn't right. know what it was hit. But it was hit really hard, and yes. um, and and it's true. It's like and, and the harder balls are are typically hit lower because um, you're hitting more of the ball. Um, for instance, if you're going to launch a ball, there was a ball hit to right center, and, and I don't remember who hit it. It was a right hand hitter for Vanderbilt, and he hit it to right center, opposite field on a 28 degree launch angle, and it was 108 miles an hour. And mm-hmm. to me, that was. If, about as impressive as I think you could get to go mm-hmm. opposite field at 108 miles an hour that high mm-hmm. because you can't, the pitch isn't coming down at 28 degrees. Yeah. So you can't swing up at 28 degrees to match it. That would mean you're hitting the whole ball. So the ball was probably only coming down six degrees mm-hmm. and he probably swung up, you know, six to 10 degrees. Yeah. Right. And he hit the bottom of it. So you're not maximizing inertia. So, I mean, if you're hitting 108 to the opposite field, on 28 yeah. degrees, that's a guy that's going to hit a ball 118 miles an hour if he hits it, you know, low. So that is a strong, strong human being. And it was funny. He, he hit that the other way. And then they have a catcher who, God, what a gamer this guy is. He, he looks like, you know, I, I, I don't know how tall he is. He looks like he's 5'8". Um, mm-hmm. And it might he might be 5'10", but he looks like he's 5'7 or 5'8", because everybody else on that team, you know, has good size. <laughs> but sure, he hit a he hit a home run, and it was like 101 or 102 miles an hour, mm-hmm. you know, to left field. And it was like, you know, you don't have to if if you can create backspin and you can create leverage out in front, and that's where he hit it. He pulled it into the bullpen. You you don't have to be a freak. Like one guy was a freak. It was like Judge. You know, yeah, hitting a ball to the opposite field. And the other guy was like, you know, a smaller human that hit the ball, you know, eight miles an hour less, but he still was able to hit a home run because he did it right. And yeah. that's what, you know, everybody's so concerned about chasing a number. Yeah. And, you know, granted, yeah, I love the fact that you can hit balls hard 
like that's really important. But finding barrels also makes you hit the ball hard. You know, if you swing really, really hard, but you never hit it on the barrel, you're not going to have that exit velocity. So, you know, that's why I tell people once we get the swing point in, once you're consistent, once you're finding barrels, you're able to use the whole field. We can elevate to the pull side without sacrificing anything. Now you want to hit the ball harder, get in the gym, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. let's get some deadlifts. Let's get some squats. Let's do some core work. Let's, you know, and that's what it is. You put on 10 pounds of muscle, you're going to hit the ball probably five miles an hour harder. It's that simple. So I hope all the commentators were just listening to that exchange we just had. That's a in-game. That's the type of in-game exchange you should have when you mention an exit velocity for any hitter college or pro like we just did yeah right and there. i'll tell you what i was trying to find out what it was i'll have to contact you know one of my buddies that that's still um at mizzou but mm-hmm. the catcher uh, rocker this highlight has to be somewhere but trey morris who was a catcher hit a ball back at rocker's head mm-hmm. it had to be a hundred miles an hour and rocker i mean it if he didn't get his glove up Holy yeah. sm- like he he's in bad. big big trouble, and he it was a, it was a very athletic play. Rocker is one heck of an athlete, but it would be interesting. They didn't say how hard that ball was hit, but it was mm-hmm. boom boom and scary. Yeah, yeah. Um, shifting gears here, um, so you take Jack Lyer number one, just to be clear, right? I would. Yeah, same. I mean, I, I haven't seen. There's a there's a couple other guys. I think Mississippi State has a guy. Yeah, I think Auburn has a pitcher. Of the people that I've seen, mm-hmm. there would be no doubt in my mind that I would take him number one. Yeah. And I've seen I've seen most of the position players, all the position players. You know, I've done I've done reviews on, um, and I would probably take lighter. Yeah, yeah. So lighter would be lighter would be number one, and he'd be in the big leagues. What in about a year and a half, probably. Probably next year. Right. Yeah. Yeah and yeah i I mean i think he would he would take a take an easy path this summer you know he's gonna probably have 20 starts this year yeah maybe give him five or six starts maybe if he signs yeah and then crank him up for spring training maybe ship him out to double a yeah and by the end of next year I, i would say he's in the big leagues and I'm not, and I've said on the show before, I'm not big on taking college pitchers very high. I'm more from mm-hmm. the school of taking high school pitchers, but he is kind of a, he's an, he's a no miss kind of guy. You can't really pass up. Well, it's, this is, he, he's a sophomore. So he's an old sophomore. He's draft right. eligible sophomore. He only threw five starts last year mm-hmm. because of the short season as a freshman. He, I mean, he's, he's as fresh as you're going to find. Yeah. Yeah, at exactly. age 21, like you're probably not going to find somebody with less innings than him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, shifting gears here, um, Mike Bell, the Twins bench coach, passed away last week. Mm-hmm. We want to give our condolences to the Bell family. Buddy Bell, of course, is his father. David Bell uh, is his brother. I remember David. Yeah, what Bell a family! From time from with the Royals and the or what? No, I'm sorry, he was with the Phillies. Might have been mm-hmm. the Royals. Um, and of course, Buddy Bell as well. So kind of a baseball royalty type family. So our uh, condolences go out to the Bell family. Uh, also, some other news throughout Major League Baseball this week. Eloy Jimenez of the White Sox is out five to six months with a pec injury. So speaking about a bounce back year, which is the topic of our program today, Eloy Jimenez now is out five to six months. So he's already looking forward to 2022, which will be his bounce back year. And those pec injuries right. are always, always scary. I'll tell you, every time I get under a bench press, <laughs> bench to press, press up, I all that's the one thing I worry about. The only thing I, I don't worry when I have, you know, close to 400 pounds on my on my back squatting, even with a On your bicep squat. curl? Oh, I, I worry about curl. when I'm bench pressing, I worry about, my pec just going like just tearing that's always a scary yeah. you don't know the true timetable of it it could be five to six months could be seven to eight so our best uh wishes to Eloy Jimenez in his recovery and certainly bright future ahead and it's kind of a blow for the White Sox as well yeah yeah, yeah that's a that's a tough one like that's mm-hmm. a that's a that's a nasty one to come back from. yeah 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 um and one final note here and I want to get your opinion on this I'm watching a lot of spring training games and I'm I'm kind of just tuning in and out and I see these mic'd up players. Are you for that or against it? Just curious. Some fans are for it. Others are saying it's stupid. 
Yeah, I think it depends on the person. I think it's kind of fun. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. I don't know if I'm for it or against it. I, I mean, for spring training, I think it's pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, probably not for a playoff game, which no. I think they did last year, right? It wasn't Justin Turner or something. Yeah. 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 I think for some guys, it's really, it's fun to, you know, hear what they're thinking sometimes or when they're yeah. joking. And, yeah. um, but no, I, I don't, I don't think I'd be for that during the regular season. Once again, it's not done correctly. You can't just, I, I don't <laughs> want, I don't want to just hear talking to the players. I want to hear yeah. to inside their mind a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, I think you have to go through and edit it, you know, and sometimes they'll say here was an exchange, you know, from last inning. And I think that's kind of cool, but just giving somebody a hot mic, you know, might not be a great idea. Yeah. A reminder that we are getting closer to our show having a visual element, April 12th. That's our 50th episode. So if you haven't done so already, go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube page and uh, you can go back in the archives as well. And we listen to our mechanical breakdown series and follow along the analysis. Um, you can go to the Epstein hitting Facebook page next week. We actually have a mechanical breakdown series episode number 49. We'll reveal who we are breaking down. This will be a fun one. Uh, we've talked about him on this show a little bit. Uh, we'll reveal that at the end of the program. We do have a listener question. And this comes to us from Jim in Tampa, Florida, a loyal <laughs> listener to the show and a heck of a producer and partner and friend and editor. And he's one hell of a guy, graphic designer, heck of a brother, 30 years running of son of the year. Well, Jim writes, hi, guys. Great show. I really enjoy listening every single week. The question I have for you is how does one go about helping his 10-year-old godson fix his hand drop, causing a long bat path, and um, his bat drag? And that comes to us from Jim from Tampa, Florida. He didn't write in to jimbopodcast21 at gmail.com, but that's how the listeners can write in. Yeah. Well, Jim, it reminds me of Blazing Saddles. When, when the guy says, which was the movie I was raised on, good or bad, but now you can see why I am who I am. He says, my name is Jim, but most people call me Jim. And it's Gene Wilder who says it because he's in a drunken state. But I, whenever you say your name, I think of Gene Wilder. Um, how do you <laughs> fix that? You join the Epstein Online Academy because every drill I have is yeah. dedicated for that move. You know, I have you know, we're, we're hiring some new instructors in Texas and I'm going to take them through my teaching, you know, kind of a mini certification course, if you will, mm -hmm. because that's the one thing that every 10 year old does, you yeah. know, or 99% of them do. So, yeah, I mean, the, what we do is we set the bat up in a, in a position where it stays close to the body. It stays close to the shoulder. We, we keep the back armpit open a little bit to make sure that there's no manipulation. And then we get them to turn slightly before they move their elbows and hands. And that's the thing. It's sequencing. They want to go hands and then turn. Right. And we have to be able to use our body first. So there's a lot that goes into that. I wish I could just spit it out in, you know, two yeah. minutes. But it's, uh, it's a very long process that has to be fixed for every young player to be successful when they get older. Yeah. Did you just kind of answer the question, but also go right into our segue of your commercial for the Epstein online hitting Academy. I think you just did. I guess so. Yeah. Maybe I'm getting the hang of this. So I got to tell uh, you, you're getting great at, at podcasting and hosting. I got to tell you, you're getting the hang of it. Co-hosting, co-hosting. Co yeah. I mean, it was right. kind of funny how Jim from Tampa Bay just yeah. kind of served that one up. Yeah. Funny how, how life works sometimes. <laughs> oh, life always works out in mysterious ways, doesn't it? Yeah, it sure does. So, Jim, thanks for the question. And, for, and also, uh, if you would like, Jim and everybody else listening, you can sign up for the Epstein Online Hitting Academy and um, uh, go about it that way as well. So I hope that answers. I hope we answered his question. Yeah, and we have. We've had a, probably another handful of uh, over the past week or so maybe four or five new uh, people that joined the online Academy that are uh, listeners that, that wrote in and said they listened to the podcast. So um, yeah. of course they're super happy with the first one. They're all excited. One college uh, player too. Oh, really? A two college, college maybe two, two college players. Yeah. Were, are they softball or baseball players? Baseball. 
two baseball players. Yeah. One D one, one D two. So cool to try to help them through the season. You know, I wonder, to try I that. wonder if they listen to the podcast on the bus rides. It's a great idea. If they, if you do, write in Jimbo Podcast twenty one at gmail.com. Let us know. Yes, please. Um, don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast. New episodes every Monday at nine a.m. Eastern time on Apple, Google, Spotify, and TuneIn Radio, the app, Pandora, and our YouTube page is up and running the Lab Epstein Hitting Podcast for archived episodes, soon to be new video episodes and clips as well. And follow us on social media at Jim Tara at Epstein Hitting on both Twitter and Instagram. Let's get into our topic today, episode number 48, a bounce back year. This is more so for high school, college, and pro Um when you're nine, 10 years old, sorry to those parents who have kids that age, there's really no such thing as a bounce back year because you're playing so many <laughs> different sports, same thing in high school too. So um, that's not, we're not really targeting you today. So if, if you want with our blessing, you may go click off and listen to some other shitty podcasts that you may, <laughs> but this yeah, one today, nothing will compare at some point you're going to have to bounce back. Even if it's a bad week, you got to bounce back. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's fair. Fair. We can always get better. Always. Um, but let's, let's discuss the one thing question I had um, about it. Start, I'm starting kind of backwards here, but with the pros, it's easy to have a bounce back year. If you're say a Bryce Harper, right. Mm-hmm. Um, because you have a locked in contract, but if you're a guy who's kind of on the fringe, say like a Mike Talkman, for example, a Jay Bruce, if you will, right. Yeah. Guys who again are on the fringe of making the big league roster, which they have with the Yankees that was just announced. You're putting, it seems like you put more pressure on yourself to, to have that bounce back year, because if not, you may not get a job and you may, you know, be released or get sent down to the minor leagues. Yeah. You know, um, I'll, I'll use the example of o- Omar Narvez, who, mm-hmm. uh, you know, is a catcher for the, for the Padres. I'm, I'm sorry for the, for the Brewers mm-hmm. who is, you know, he's, he, he's not old, right. He's under right. 30 and he's always hit, you know, he came up, I think with the white Sox, and he spent a, a year or two in Seattle, but he's always been a, 270 hitter, you know, yeah. anywhere from, I don't know, maybe 265 to 285, something like that. Yeah. And he's always, you know, I think um, one year he hit over 20 home runs. And then he came to Milwaukee and was awful last year. Right? Mm-hmm. He hit over under 200. And I got videos sent, you know, what are we seeing here? What's going on? And he did have, you know, some mechanical issues. So I've been following him a little bit more because of that. And he's having a very good spring this year, but Mm -hmm. he didn't want to change anything, you know? So, I mean, here's one person's mindset was, you know what? I've had four good years and one bad year, you know, or three, you know, something like that. Right. Like, and it was a weird short season and maybe I'm just going to forget about it and, and do what I do. So he chose to really not change anything mechanically, maybe just, um, you know, his mindset. And so I was listening to an interview with Craig council couple days ago and it was like oh why is he doing well and and there was no answer like I don't think he did anything like I, I think he's just hitting the ball well because it's spring training and guys throw a lot of fastballs um you know so <laughs> sure. it, it, we'll see kind of what happens there but you know I think you know pressure obviously if you can take that pressure but that pressure's there otherwise it wouldn't be a bounce back year you have to do something to keep your job and to feed your family so yeah. um I I would take more of a proactive approach why was I bad so what they were saying was, you know, what I heard counsel say was something like, well, he wasn't getting in a good position to fire his swing. Okay. So that usually is timing and rhythm would be my guess. That would be the answer to that. So, you know, if, if that's what it is, I wasn't getting into position on time. I wasn't doing this. I would work on rhythm all winter. I would work on seeing live arm. I would work on, um, you know, machines that I could, I could time starting earlier and controlling my rhythm and stride, things like that. And then I would definitely work on my swing plane. If my misses were all to the opposite field side popping up and fouling yeah. off, I would work on fixing that. I would take a Yelich approach and like swing down in batting practice. Um, that's just that's just what I would do. So if I'm having a bounce back and I don't do anything, 
to me as a player, why would I be any better if I didn't do anything? Right. I need to do something. It doesn't mean I need to do a wholesale change. And at, at age 28 or 29 or whatever he is, more um, other players are, making a wholesale change to your swing doesn't work. Like, look at golfers, and that ball's not even moving. So you got to make a wholesale change when you're under 20, you know, if you're if you're in a minor league system, something like that. You better have pretty, pretty good mechanics, you know, uh, once you're older than that. But you have to do something. Yeah, I mean, you have to be – I was bad. Why was I bad? What was my miss? You know, if I'm a golfer, oh, I, my miss is I hook. Yeah. Two times around, I hook a ball out of bounds. It cost me four strokes around. Okay, I'm never going to hit a hook again. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the mindset. That's what golfers do. So baseball players, it's like, what is my miss? It's a rollover. It's a pop-up this way. I want to do it, everything I can in practice so that that is minimized and doesn't show up. And if I do that, maybe I save 20 at-bats. Maybe instead of popping up just to this, you know, if I'm a left-handed hitter, to the left fielder 20 times, maybe I take half of those and I hit line drives up the middle. Mm-hmm because I didn't right. lose my barrel. Boom. Now my average is up. Now my confidence is up and, and we can kind of rock and roll. So yeah. anyway, I, I do think there's different mindsets. Um, I don't think Bryce Harper has a mindset of, Oh, I'll just bounce back and get him next time. He's right. a worker. He's a worker. He's going to figure something out. Yeah. But mentally I, the pressure's not there. <clears throat> I don't think, no, I don't think so. Well, based off the contract. I, I, Maybe it is. I, I don't know. I'm not, you know, but not based on money. I mean, he's made his money based on pride. I, th- I think Bryce Harper has a lot of pride. Otherwise he wouldn't be so um, handsome and have such a great beard and hair. Yeah. Well, he's got hair it, products it, that I, I noticed that are in store now and beard products oh, too. Well, well, there you go. Like, yeah. I mean, no, I think that guy's got a lot of pride in, in what he does on the field. Right. So whether he's making, you know, $150,000 a game or no, you know, no money a game. I think he is pissed off if he goes over four. Right. But yeah, you put, yeah, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta get a contract. You know, you, you go in that there's definitely more pressure on those guys mm-hmm. than, than the sure. other guys. For sure. There is. Yeah. Yeah. When you're going into a bounce back year though, as a hitter, how do you, this is something I, I never figured out as a player. How do you mentally throughout the whole winter harness that energy and direct it into the place where it needs to be so you can actually get better and and set yourself up to have that bounce back year rather than putting so much pressure on yourself that you're squeezing the shit out of the bat and you're not hitting and it's the same it's the same movie from the year before yeah i I think it's preparation yeah you have to prepare if you prepare and you put in the work you're gonna feel like you're better yeah Right. It's kind of like you go to the gym, you work out, and then you put on your shirt that's a little bit too tight. But you're yeah. like, I worked out today. I look better in this shirt. You know, my biceps are popping. My chest is popping a little more because I worked out. But if you don't work out for two weeks, you put that same shirt on, you're probably like, oh, kind of looking a little softer. And I think that's what it's like for baseball players. If, if you put in the time and you, you hit and you work and you outwork other people, then you feel good when you get in the box. But if you're underprepared, it's like taking a test, right? Did you prepare for that test? Did you not prepare for the test? If you go into a test you didn't prepare for, you're not going to be confident that you're going to do well on it. So prepare. If you prepare well, you're going to give your best stand, yourself a best chance for success, not only physically in the batter's box, but also mentally because you're going to be confident. Yeah, but I think there's a fine line. Um, I know what you're saying, but there's also that fine line of too much preparation for some people as yes. well and just trying to keep it simple too. I mean, you mentioned before, identify what the problem is and then work on that. Don't try to do so many things at once. Yeah, I mean, every everybody is different. You know, I mean, I, yeah. I, I think I tell this story and I don't know how long it lasted, but I grew up with uh, Eric Chavez, who's... Mm-hmm. First rounder for the A's played, geez, I don't know, we played 15 years in the big leagues between the A's and the Yankees and Diamondbacks. Anyway, grew up with him. So we played, I think, since we were 13, right, on the same travel team. And then we were on the same high school team. So we're playing a travel team. I told the story when I got lit up. Remember, as a catcher, I got, it was the first time I got taken out. Didn't know where I was after I picked up all my gear. So it was that same tournament. Uh, Eric was, was bad. Like the only time in his whole life he was bad. He yeah. was like, 
one for 15. And he was a guy that would go 10 for 15, like against the best competition ever. So we lose. It's the Connie Mac, like regional. We lose it. But about six of us go, we were on the area code team, the San Diego area code team. So we're kind of like, well, it's like we're not going to the World Series for Connie Mac, which is like the biggest one. But we were going to have to make a really tough decision. Do we go to the World Series or do we go to area code? Because you kind of have to go to area code. So we lose. We go back to San Diego. The six of us are like, hey, let's let's keep working out. You know, area codes in 10 days or something like this. Let's stay sharp. You know, we'll, some pitchers will throw. Hitters will. Eric's like, eh, I'm good. Like, I'm just going to hang out and do yeah. whatever. Like, go to the beach or, you know, hang out with my girlfriend. Or, yeah, I don't know what he did. So we're like, really? Like, he's what you want? Yeah, I'm good. So we all work our ass off. You know, we show up at area code. And, you know, we haven't seen Eric, but he looks good because he's, you know, all tanned up from being at the beach for a week. Yeah. And the first pitch he sees, he hits about 420 feet home run, like a big league sky ball home run. It was like the only home run in the whole tournament he hit. Yeah. And it was like he needed 10 days off to just chill out and reset. Yeah. And then, boom, he was fresh. But if he would have gone and worked out a lot, he probably would have, you know, that was his personality. I probably would have just beat him up. You know, he would have been tired. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't have been fresh, but I think it was like he took some time off and then it was like, all right, now I'm ready to go. I'm eager. Mm-hmm. And he was fine. So to each their own, I guess I'm speaking from a personal, you know, viewpoint because I wasn't overly talented like that. You know, I had to, I had to work. Like I'd go to practice when I was in college, I would, you know, whatever, wake up, go to class, go to practice from whatever, two to five, go to study hall till six, six thirty. Um, eat and then I would go and hit more in the indoor facility till about 10 o'clock at night like that's just what I did because I felt better and more prepared if I did that where if I didn't do that I wouldn't be as confident when I got up to the plate so maybe I did that a couple times then I got a couple hits and now I'm like shit I better keep doing that yes yeah exactly (laughs) so to each their own for that but I don't think I don't think a player can get into trouble by working on their we all have our issues sure um and i think by working on your issues you're going to be more confident and then obviously physically you're going to be better at those issues you're not going to do them you're still going to have that issue like the pitch away to me Mm -hmm. and down just wasn't a good pitch for me to hit so i would just work on it hitting the line drives on the right field i never try to do too much with it and I felt like with two strikes, if I got in the game and I did that, I'll tell you what, I remember a ball I hit. Oh, I wish I knew who we were playing at Florida. It may have been like UCLA or something, but I hit a two strike base hit into right field. It was on the outside corner or maybe a ball at the plate. And I don't, I, I hit like two home runs in that same game, mm-hmm. but I'm like more proud of that two strike ball I hit to right field because that was the hardest thing for me to do you know getting a belt high fastball down the middle like I was going to hit that yeah but getting a pitch low and away that I would normally strike out on and I was able to hit a line drive to right field like I still remember that to this day and it was a long time ago you can tell by the gray in my beard which everyone will see in two weeks (laughs) I can't really tell for the record (laughs) Um, if I was blonde I would have been okay let me throw uh, a name out at you for a guy who's got to have a bounce back here, Chris Bryant. Mm. And you've done a, you've done a, you've actually done a breakdown of him on the Epstein hitting Facebook page. Um, along with our other mechanical breakdown series episodes. Um, he's a guy who has to have a bounce back year. What should be as much as, I mean, you mentioned Narvaez, but yeah. what should his approach be now? Because he's he's been an MVP. He's been a guy who's been one of the most lethal hitters throughout baseball, and he's sort of dropped off a little bit. Yeah, Chris Bryant's a that's a fun one. Yeah. Um, I think he needs to get out of Chicago. Yeah, I think that would help. I think his time there is is kind of past. I am very proud of my Chris Bryant analysis because when he first came up he was supposed to be you know god's greatest gift to hitting and he's pretty good right he's he's electric but when i did a review i said it's just not a it's not a swing plane that is going to hit for a a big average now Mm -hmm. he still hits with with that swing plane he still hits over 260 which most people in major league baseball would not so that's how talented this guy is right right um but i will tell you that he he his miss is underneath 
And because his bat speed is so great and his miss is underneath, you can't have two misses. You can't, you can't drop your barrel, which he does. Mm-hmm. And then you can't flip your wrists over to correct it. Okay. You got to just deal with one miss. So his miss is either, you know, under where he misses it, under where he hits a pop-up or under where he hits a home run. Like those are his misses. You know, he's taken out one, right. one of, one of those outs. And I think that is why he's successful is that he doesn't have a two way miss. Like if he's going to drop his barrel, he's just going to hit a fly ball. Um, you know, to have a, how does he have a bounce back year? I think he's a guy, which is funny because I watch him train too. Like when they show, you know, snippets, I, I don't know him in person, but um, you know, he, he, he's a guy that swings up a lot more in games than he does in practice. Right. Like he knows he's trying to hit the bottom of the ball, but it doesn't mean you got to drop your barrel to drop the bottom of the ball. So I think he's trying to, to, to flatten out to do it. He's so strong. He creates so much barrel speed and whip. Like his body works really well. I mean, I would love to flatten his swing plane a few degrees instead of him swinging up like 15 to 20 degrees. If, mm-hmm. if he could be at like eight to 12, gosh, I think he could hit 315, 320 with 40 jacks. I really think he's that talented. So for him, I, I think personally he, he could have a swing change because I could see the benefits. I understand that swing change. Mm-hmm. Um, and it won't take away any of his power numbers either. Right. So, um, yeah, he, he needs to, because he's a con, he's got a contract year coming up, right? Isn't yes. he a, yeah. <clears throat> is a free agent? So yeah. yeah, he's got to find a way to find a way to be successful. Um, I, I haven't really seen a lot of him the last couple of years, but he's definitely not feared as much as he was his first, what, three years in the league. Right. Right. So 15, 16, 17. For the record, uh, I, uh, I have a source uh, who tells me that Chris Bryan is a great teammate? I bet he is. Yeah. I, I, I'll tell you, I, I, Kyle Ryan is his name, left-handed pitcher yeah. for the Cubs. He works out in my gym, and we've worked out. I'm sorry, yeah. I'm bragging here. I don't mean to brag. I'm just using it as an example, people. But we've worked out together, and we've talked. We've, you know, we've talked, and he's always told me Chris Bryan's an excellent teammate. So he seems like a cool dude. Yeah. Like I, uh, one of my students, Dylan Hop played with him at uh usd so dylan hit behind him the year he hit like 30 home runs in college so i asked dylan if he gave him part of his signing bonus and dylan said he didn't (laughs) i was like dude you just got that guy paid you know they couldn't walk him every time he was dylan was a good good hitter too he's like no but i got a a bunch of bunch of bats yeah it's like okay maybe if he invites chris bryan to his wedding someday chris will give him a nice check maybe because you know he's going to get yeah. paid. I mean, after this year, somebody's going to give. Yeah, him a I can't. I mean, even his arbitration, his I would think his arbitration would have been pretty good. Yeah. Too, over the last few years, but well, he had oh. that what? That's he had the uh, six <clears throat> years instead of the five, right? Does he have the six right, years because they, they held him back for? So in, in 2017, he made a million bucks. In 2018, he went from one million to ten million. Yeah. Almost wow. eleven million. Holy right. cow! I know. Then he went to twelve, almost thirteen million. Last year he made eighteen point six million. Who needs free agency? Right. Just just <laughs> go year to year. Right? Just mm-hmm. just be good and then win your arbitration. So he's made forty four million dollars in six seasons. Yeah. I'd say that's okay. You know the Dodgers uh, a couple of years ago when Bryce Harper was a free agent, they offered him I think what was a two year deal worth like forty million or something like that. Yeah, it's not a bad idea to work around the oh. the contract rules and uh the cba of having to pay yeah. a guy you know lock him in for 10 years why not just do two years and then you you know who knows well i i know that was uh bauer was right <laughs> he said i just want to sign one year deals right and i'll prove to you how great i am yeah with my one eye right. one eye closed one eye <laughs> He's so funny, that guy. You know how many but Mets yeah, fans I mean, I've saw on Twitter that have said, "Thank God we have what we really dodged a bullet with this guy." Yeah, I don't think you dodged a bullet. With him. <laughs> he, <did laughs> get, he got lit up the other day, but, yeah, but the yeah. start before that, he was pretty good. Yeah, that that dude—he's a competitor. Yeah. yeah, like if his—I mean—that's the reason you don't you sign big deals if you if for baseball because they're guaranteed. Right. right, you get hurt, like especially a pitcher. Oh God, yeah. 
Well, I mean, that's ballsy to sign a one-year deal because you could sign a three-year deal, get hurt after the first year, and be like, oh, my bad. I'm getting paid hanging out in Arizona. Yeah. On rehab. What was that dude's name for the center fielder for the Ellsbury, right? Ellsbury? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, you he even remember good. his name. That's how that's how insignificant just, his end of his career. Right. Was. And they were paying. I mean, he had just signed a deal with the Yankees. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For a ton of money. And he, I don't know if he ever played. Yeah. For the, like, I don't even know if he had any at bats. Right. Right. Last couple of years of that contract, he was non-existent. And right. that, that, that opened the and door it, for Aaron Hicks to get paid, by the way. Speaking of, bounce, yeah. speaking of having some bounce back years, Aaron Hicks with the Yankees. And, and sometimes, too, the bounce back year, you know, it's a change of scenery, new place. It, that that does wonders, I think, for hitters a lot of times. Yeah. No, it really does. Yeah. 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 Um, let's shift gears to college now. It's a little bit different because there are more, the depth chart is deeper. And there's a lot of talented players you know, and you mentioned on previous episodes this year, there's 50, 60 guys on a roster. But even, you know, even with that, sometimes there's, what, 30 to 35 guys on a roster on a normal year. So the depth chart is yeah. is pretty large. Um, mm -hmm. What's the mindset for a college player trying to have a bounce back year when you have no money involved, just scholarship, but no money is being paid to you? And you've got a bunch of guys, three shortstops behind you nipping at your heels. Yeah, there's always money at stake. My dad used to say that. Yeah. You know, college is money. Um, mm -hmm. You're going to college, like you want to play baseball, even if you're a walk-on, mm -hmm. like you have a chance to play at the next level and get paid, yeah. mm -hmm. you know? So it's 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 not a hobby. Like there's pride and you're trying to to be – otherwise you're not an athlete. You know, if, if, right. if you're not competitive – and I see it with my kids. I have three kids – um, and, and one of them will bite your face off if you get ahead of her in line. Right. Yeah. And then the other one will open the door for everyone. Oh, sure. Come on in. Hi, how are you? Right. And it's like, well, one's not an athlete, you know? Yeah. She's going to be an awesome person and a, and a great business person and designer, but mm -hmm. you know, she's not a step on your back or neck personality to get ahead. Right. You know, she's probably not going to work at Wall Street either with that mentality. Maybe we can change that. But um, some some people are. So I think there's always there's always pride at stake. Like you don't put in the time college baseball players. I mean, good Lord, like those guys. Let's, for instance, there was a, a game Thursday night. Right. We'll talk about the, the Vanderbilt game, Vanderbilt, sure. Mizzou game Thursday night. Right. It was a seven o'clock game. Probably got done about 10, 15. Mm -hmm. You probably, you know, you got cleaned up, you know, 10, 30, 10, 40. Then you ate. There was a spread. You know, now you get out of there at 11. You go home. You probably fall asleep. You're all jet jacked up, right, from in the intensity of the game. Maybe you fall asleep at midnight, and then you got to wake up and go to class at, like, 8, you yeah. know? Mm -hmm. And then you got to do it all over again. Yeah. You know, it's so difficult to be a college. Like you get to pro ball. You're like, dude, what do I do all morning? I don't have a game till seven o'clock. I don't have to go to class for three hours or work out or anything. Yeah. You know, this is your job. So, now. <laughs> this is your, right. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, now you got to fill that time with, with positive work, positive working you know, on whether it's working out or nutrition or stretching, whatever you're, you know, doing to get better that day. But yeah, I, I think college players, you know, it, it, it's, bounce back and, and you're trying to sometimes college is tough. Well, I guess it's the same as the minor leagues, right? Because, you know, there's, there's always people behind you pushing you. Sure. Um, and sometimes you're that player that's in the background and you're outworking everyone and you just don't get a chance, you know, because for, so, you know, maybe you're an underclassman, Maybe you're undersized. Maybe the guys in front of you have scholarships and you're a walk-on. Mm -hmm. um, you know, whatever it is, that that makes it very frustrating. You know, yeah. for for those players that do work hard. Now, if they're lazy, then that's that's who cares. But when you when you are working, you know, sometimes you would like to see that you know come to fruition. Like give give me a chance. Yeah. You know, let me let me let me do something. Let me fail. If I fail then you can tell me that I suck and I, I it's okay that I'm third string, right, but right. you know, it's hard to be in there and it, it's, it's really hard. And you see it in college all the time. Like why does that guy get the opportunity to fail every single game? Why does he get the opportunity to, to make errors? Why does he get the opportunity to strike out and go over four all the time? 
I have one, you've given me one opportunity, you know, and, right. and sometimes you have to look in the mirror and sometimes it's defense, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's uh, speed, you know, sometimes there's a dynamic piece that you might be missing and you just have to be ready to go. You always have to be ready to go, whether you're a backup or you're a starter. Yeah. You can't take an inning off. You can't take a pitch off. If you do, somebody is always going to be there to take it from you. Right. Right. And sometimes it's just, it's just the way the lineup plays out. I mean, in college, yeah. you know, you hear, I mean, you know, I, I think that, that, that saying of uh, if you hit, they'll find a place for you. I think it's, it's true to some extent, but in other parts, there's a lot more moving parts, if you will. I mean, parts, yeah. yeah, say parts again, Jim. There's <laughs> a lot more moving parts, though, that go along with that. Yeah, it's true. Like it was fun. like I watched the Mizzou game, right? And the guy that hit the ball the hardest against Rocker was was a guy named Trey Morris who was catching. Yeah. And then all of a sudden against Leiter, they he doesn't catch. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was the only guy in the whole lineup that hit the ball hard in the yeah. game. They t- they take him out and he doesn't play. And they bring in another catcher who I, I don't know who wasn't there when I was there, mm-hmm. and and he uh, was overmatched, right? I mean, there was some he dropped some balls. There was a pad. He dropped a pop up like a you know foul ball. He you know he he didn't get any hits. Obviously, lighter struck everybody out. You know, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. then late in the game, Missouri still has no hits. They have no hits. It's the bottom of the ninth inning. Who do they bring in to try to break up the no hitter? The guy that hit the ball hard three times off Rocker. What does he do? He gets a base hit to right field. Right. So it's like, you know, sometimes, you know, for me now, maybe he was banged up. Maybe he was hurt. Maybe his arm was sore, so he couldn't catch. But to me, I'm like, okay, here's a guy that has been hitting the ball at least consistently. I'm going to run that guy out there until he doesn't. Yeah. And, but sometimes it's like, oh, a, a coach will see a matchup. Well, Leiter's got a good fastball, and this guy, maybe his bat speed isn't quite as good, so we'll mm-hmm. go with this. And, and sometimes as a coach, it's we overthink things. Big league coaches don't think that. I mean, yeah, everybody throws yeah. 95 in the big leagues, but, you know, they don't. It's like, here's my guys. These are my main guys. I'm going to run them out there. And if they fail, okay, then I will make a change. But it's not, oh, this is this guy throws a sinker, this guy throws a slider, this hitter doesn't do that. No, you have to let them go out there and get comfortable. And if they fail, they fail. But more often than not, if you're confident in your players and you've chosen the right players to go out there and do it, they're going to succeed for you. Yeah. Unless you have Jack Leiter throwing 96 miles an hour with a six degree downslope at the knees. Yeah. And who should really be pitching in the big leagues like today. Um, all he right. Finally, be, he shouldn't be a college pitcher. Rocker no. shouldn't have been a college pitcher. There's a lot of guys that shouldn't go to college. Yeah. They should just sign, but yeah. they get them. You know, at schools like that that have charter 737s, you know. It's a lot more glamorous than going to the minor leagues and riding a bus, right? Well, and and you know what? With the draft now and the rounds the way they are, you're yeah. going to see a lot more Jack Lighters and Kumar Rockers so. in college on both the pitching and, and hitting side, too, because they're not yeah. getting drafted. If they're not getting drafted in the first couple of rounds, hey, I'm coming to college, I would think. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. It's, it's just like different bodies. Like, usually you see those big-bodied guys, they yeah. sign. Right. You know, they it's a different – it is a different body. and then But they end up at Vanderbilt. You know, they have all like the USA baseball guys yeah. end up at Vanderbilt. But Vanderbilt threw a guy into pinch hit last night. He was 6'7", 225 pounds. Yeah. Like he looked like a big league left fielder, man. I mean, the body on this guy was a freshman. Yeah. Or a sophomore or something. I'm like, where did this guy come from? He would start anywhere. Like right. I looked at his swing and beautiful. Yeah. I'm like, this guy's not even starting there. And he's a sophomore. Like he would start anywhere in the country with that body and that ability. So um, yeah, some guys, some some institutions have uh, better recruiting practices, a little bit more money to give their players, and and better facilities, and that's where guys are going to go when they should go where they're going to play. Do you, Man, woman, or child, go where you're going to play. Well, it sounds like that kid's who's six seven. I'm just going to say probably. Uh, shouldn't be playing at Vanderbilt. He should be playing somewhere else in the SEC. And, he, he, and, he, play. and he probably will. He'll probably play his junior year. He'll play one year and get drafted or something like that. Right, you know? right. <laughs> but it's like he could have played three years. Yeah. Um, do you think anybody beats Vanderbilt this year in college baseball? Or are we looking oh, at the – You mean like are they going to go back to bat? Like are they going to lose any games or are they going to – Well, no. Series? I mean the college World Series. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe like a um, 
somebody has some pitching. Who has Arkansas always has good pitching. Somebody else in the SEC. I think Mississippi Mississippi State. Mississippi State, I haven't seen them play this year, is supposed to have a deeper staff than Vanderbilt. Yeah. So I don't know who else Vanderbilt has besides uh, those two guys because they just throw no hitters and complete games all the time. So yeah, he was (laughs) taken out last night, lighter. He was, yeah, Friday night, yeah. I kind of get it. Like that's a that's a ballsy move for a coach. Yeah. I mean. I don't know. He like let a, Rocker throw 900 breaking balls the night before. Yeah. And a lot of pitches. And he obviously didn't have his stuff. Yeah. But lighter, he protected. Yeah. With a no hitter going. Right. Right. That's a tough, that's a tough, I mean, I get it. They're up 11 runs. Like, yeah, there's no need for him to be, if it's a, if it's a two to nothing game, you know, maybe lighter stays in, right. but I don't know. Like, I don't know how I would feel about that. Yes, he shouldn't have thrown again. He should have been taken out. He'd limit him to 100 pitches. He threw yeah. 120 the, the week before. But it's like, dude, I'm going to throw back-to-back no-hitters? Like, who does that? No one, ever. Uh, I mm. Also, too, the, their, their bullpen is so deep. Well, they ran out guys that they – you know, the guy that finished up the game was, yeah, you know – like he gave up a three run home. Yeah. Lost the shutout. He lost the no hitter. He lost the shutout and then give up a bomb. And that was if they would, if Vanderbilt would have beat Missouri, given up one hit or no, no hits. Yeah. They could cruise through today. Or I'm sorry, not today, but uh, when's the last game of the series? Saturday. Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. Right. So, they, yeah. Yeah. But you, you give them hope. Hey man, we just we just in the bottom of the ninth. Yeah, we lost. We just scored three runs. We won an inning, right? Because they had the bat shoved up their rear where it was, you know, tickling their chest plate. Oh god, right? Like their sternum. It's very, yeah, that's, that's very high. Up there it was. It was very high. Yeah. But all of a sudden, you hit a three run pinch hit, three run home run, and it's like, oh, now all of a sudden, I pulled that bat out. Now I f- I feel like I got a chance. So we'll see yeah. what happens. Like I. I, I would think Missouri's not going to lay over. I think you get destroyed two games in a row by those pitchers. Your confidence is like, I just want to get through this series and move on to play somebody else. But I think now there's a little bit of life, you know, in there. So hopefully it's, it's a, you know, I guess if we go back in time, since this is Monday, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't want to give anything away. You'll have no, to read we the don't want to spoil it. Uh, you know, Even though we know who won the third game of the series. We do. Right. We're not going to tell. We know who won those NCAA tournament games, too, over the weekend. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Big ones. Big ones. (laughs) Um, You know, it's funny. You mentioned, um, you know, that they get the bat shoved up their rear. But, you know, a lot of a lot of a lot of uh, pro. It happens. A lot of people in professional baseball have their heads shoved so far up their rear that it's, you know, it's touching their sternum. By some of the decisions they make, I'm not going to touch that one. No, that's on me, everybody. <laughs> Jay, that is Ep did not say that was all me. I James Anthony, that is all me. Thank you very much, James Anthony. Such a nice name. I know. I was named backwards, Anthony. Should have been Anthony James. <clears throat> AJ. Then you could have been AJ, like Anthony Junior in The Sopranos. Yeah, a, I hated him. Such a bad kid. He was a prick. I always liked um, his daughter. What's the What's her name? Her real name's Jamie Lynn. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, ah, what was her name? Yeah. Meadow. Meadow, right. What an awful name for an Italian. Meadow. Awful. Awful. Uh, one final point here. Uh, just overall in general, how do players go about preparing themselves to have a bounce back year? Just in general, as we wrap up the episode. Don't do it again. You know, what did, what did we do? Episode yeah, don't over. do it again. <laughs> Episode over. Don't do not do it again. Like, what did we do last year that we're not going to do again? Maybe it was, remember, Mickey Tettleton used to eat um, Fruit Loops before every game. You, he was mm-hmm. before you, but he was one of my favorite players. Like, make sure you eat Fruit Loops again. Yeah. You know, if that's what it takes. All of a sudden, oh, I had cavities. I better not have Fruit Loops anymore. We'll just brush your teeth more, right? So have Fruit Loops if that works. Or maybe it's okay. I got exposed. What was my problem? I struck out a lot. You know how you don't strike out a lot? Be more aggressive early in the count. 
Right. See if right. that works. Mm-hmm. Right. Or geez, I rolled over a lot of stuff. Okay. Let's work on, you know, our top hand staying flatter. Let's work on hitting balls towards the middle of the field. Let's work on hitting balls the other way. Make a, make a change. Maybe it's not a mechanical change. Maybe it's an approach change. Maybe it's a mental change. Maybe mm-hmm. it's, maybe it's a preparation. How, what time I wake up in the morning, what do I do? Maybe I do yoga before the games to get centered, to get relaxed, to get stretched out. Maybe I have a different kind of meal that has more protein or more carbs or more fats or whatever I need to do, but don't do what you did the year before. Yeah. Yeah. Don't and by the way, the six, seven guy I was telling you about, uh, mm-hmm. was a 2018 under armor, all American and perfect game. All American. Wow. From San Diego. Yeah. And he was drafted in the 30th round, even though he was going to Vanderbilt. How much stock, though, do you put in the, to those perfect game rankings? I don't put too much stock into them. You know, when they're the top guys, mm-hmm. I, I put I put stock into the top okay. guys. If you're a 10, you know, for the most part in there, you're usually like top three or four rounders. Yeah. Like, they don't get those wrong. Those guys typically get drafted. Right. But there's a ton of misses in there, too. Like, oh, there's yeah, a ton sure. of guys that are just gamers. But those guys that are ranked really high, they're, they're usually ranked high because – they do something special, like they run a six-five, you know, or they throw ninety-eight from the outfield, mm-hmm. or they hit the ball ninety-five miles an hour. Right, they're in the top two percent of all players physically. But you know what else they have? You know, they have somebody like Vanderbilt who said, "You know what? I've seen you play, and you're good enough to play here. So we're going to verbally commit you as yeah. a sophomore, and then that person becomes an Under Armour All-American." So sure. there's not a lot of mess uh, misses with the Under the All-American. All- teams but there are definitely misses in guys that are great players mm-hmm. that may not rank very high on there because they're not physically gifted yeah they're just gamers and there's a lot of gamers out there you gotta find by the way shout out to shout out to the salukis of southern okay. illinois for being gamers they're, ga- or so they're gamers. I follow. I'm following the Salukis a lot because two of my guys I coached with at Mizzou are there now. Okay. Um, so uh, Lance Rhodes was our was our uh, recruiting coordinator at Mizzou. He took over there. Mm-hmm. Brett Peel, who was our grad assistant, mm-hmm. um, who I shared an office with. He's a good dude. Um, he's there too. And then coincidentally, I had no idea where one of my online academy players was. All of a sudden, I hear from him. Hey, he's killing it. He hit whatever three home runs this weekend at Southern Illinois. I'm like, what is he doing in Southern Illinois? I know all those guys. Anyway, yeah. Jake Peters. So one of the online guys, he hits like fifth for him. He's killing it. I think the Salukis are like 18 and one. Let's do they, go. Do they listen to the podcast? I don't know. <sighs> Southern Illinois, they may not even have internet there. Why is that like just the kids? I'm just kidding. It's kind okay. of it's kind of the sticks. Yeah, no, Sticky. it's but they have a nice, nice complex there. And Lance is, I mean, he's a very prepared. They're, they're going to be good. Are they D2? They're aggressive. They're D1. They'd be like a mid-major team. Yeah. But they're they're like that scrappy, aggressive. Talk about guys that swing early in the count. Like they're offensive-minded. They don't care who they're playing. They're going to swing the bat. Yeah. That's how you have to be. Uh, Jack Leiter's last 16 innings, uh, zero hits, 26 strikeouts. Three walks, right? I didn't I like that. It's like three. Well, I mean, it's incredible. Yeah. yeah. They, they compared him last night to a guy that threw back to back, no hitters in the mm-hmm. major leagues. And that guy had like 11 walks in the two, no hitters and three strikeouts. Yeah. And then, you know, lighter was like, whatever you just said in three walks or something crazy. Mm, so who's your comp for lighter? I'm putting you on the spot here. I'm just curious. Oh, there's one. There's definitely somebody there because of his leg drive. Like mm-hmm. reminds me of somebody. Not Matt Harvey. Mm-hmm. Matt Harvey's Matt Harvey had a very prominent leg. He drive. did. Yeah. 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 I I think I I gave you the the Mark Pryor, but obviously he doesn't pitch anymore. But man, when he was good, he was good. Um. I don't know. You, you can't put me on the spot like that. You got to give me give me notes. Sorry. <laughs> It's okay. I'm not so, being a good. Am I not being a good podcast Garrett partner Cole. right now? No, it's not Garrett Cole. I don't know. I'll, I'll uh, write into Jimbo Podcast at gmail.com. Jimbo Podcast Jimbo 21. Podcast 21. 21. At gmail.com. Jim, 
Jimbo podcast. We can always circle back to that next week and see what you think. Because it's a good question. It is. Um, I'm trying. I'm trying to put myself on the spot here, and I'm I'm curious because I'm looking down at my phone. And I'm watching um a little bit of video here. Yeah. Uh, I would have said I guess Matt Harvey, but there's uh, well, who does? Uh, I guess Rock Rocker kind of reminds me of. Lighter's lower. Like he gets right. he yeah. gets low. His release point isn't really high because he gets so low with his legs and his torso is not real long, not real tall. I don't know. It's uh there was a guy named Jarrett Wright. He used yeah. to throw really hard back in the day for the Indians. Yeah. It reminds me of that. Like the really strong lower body guys. Bartolo no, not Bartolo. What about mmm? Mm. I had um what about Bauer? Bauer's got yeah, a little bit I of a thought, leg drive. I thought Bauer and then I thought the other guy. Not Kluber. Bueller. Oh, Bueller. Bueller. Kluber might not Kluber. be a bad those are my three. Kluber might Kluber might be a good one. My four. My four. Harvey. Yeah. Harvey. Bauer. Kluber. You know who he really looks like though? Who? Al Leiter. He really looks a lot like Al Leiter. It's funny how that works. Face. Yeah. It's yeah, funny it how that works. You would think they're related. Like a young, like a young Al Leiter from the right <laughs> side. I don't know. All right. So those are my three. My three comps. Take them or leave them. Nobody cares. This is a hitting podcast, Jim. No. Nobody does care. Unfortunately, I think they should care more. In my they opinion. should. In my they opinion. They should care. And here's um, my advice to you, young hitters, when you're facing somebody like Jack Leiter right now. Yes. Tell the coach your hamstring hurts and you can only pinch it. <laughs> yeah. And if you have to hit, if you have to hit, I've said this before on the show, um, give your bat to God because your ass is lighters. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's true. What's well, true? That's I mean, true. the guy, the guy true. he yeah, strikes out he everybody. He could probably yeah. strike out God himself. Never. Um, kidding, God's a probably. woman, by the way. It's I'm kidding woman. for all I mean, have my. We not, uh, have we not talked about this? Because your, da- your your daughter listens to Ariana Grande, <laughs> doesn't she? Doesn't don't that? I have no idea. I was watching the show and they referred um, to God as a woman. I'm kidding, I'm like, by the I way. Really for thought about our, that. I'm kidding for all of our religious listeners, by the way. Yes, but I mean, I will say Jack Leiter can probably give God a run for his money. I mean, God Almighty, yeah. guys, just God, God would have to prepare. <laughs> yeah, so those are my three: uh, yeah. Bauer, Kluber, Harvey. My comps. I think he resembles yeah. more of uh, Bauer than he does Kluber. Next week, yeah. I'll come up with a Kumar. That's like your opinion, comp. man. Huh? What movie is that from? I didn't hear what you said. That's like your opinion, man. I don't know what movie is that from. Big Lebowski. Yeah. Greatest I, movie ever made. We should have an episode on the Big Lebowski. Should we have an episode on like the greatest movies ever? What our favorite movies are? No, yeah. we should have an episode on the the movies you watch on the bus on your bus rides. They don't do that anymore. No, what are they? They don't watch Slapshot, best bus movie ever. How about um? No, Slapshot. It's been decided. Top Gun. I fucking hate that movie. God Almighty. Oh, no, I hate that movie. Good movie. It's a good movie. No, it's a good movie. It's not a bus movie. Slapshot for sure. Um. All right, wrapping up the show. Next week, I will have, I'm going to give, that's my little tease. I will have a Kumar Rocker comp, as I did with Jack Leiter. I just came up with that, by the way, off the top of my head. You've got to be proud of me. You don't so seem proud. proud. You don't seem proud of me. You Very proud. Me. And Pete Alonzo next week. Yeah. We will be talking about Pete Alonzo. Me, I'm picking up the slack because your ADD is kicking in. Episode 49, <laughs> uh, April 5th, next week. Oh. Right after Easter. Good Monday for those who are, are religious people and Christians and Catholics yeah. out there. We will be doing our mechanical well, breakdowns. Hey, what is Al- Al- Alonzo's nickname? He's got a funny nickname. Polar right? Bear. Like the Polar Bear. Or polar Bear. Polar Bear. It is Polar Bear. Yeah. That's what they called it's me. good nickname. In high school. Polar Bear. And he looks just like Ray Donovan. Oh, he does, Shriver. He? I didn't think looks about just that. just like him. Hey, so if we need a Pete Alonzo comp, yeah. It's Lee Schreiber, the actor. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Okay. We got that figured out. We got yeah. it early. We don't have to talk about it. Right. I, I, I have a feeling you've had enough with <laughs> I have a feeling you have enough with the comps. <laughs> enough about the comps already. Um, 
Yeah, that's next week, episode 49, Mechanical Breakdown Series. Which volume is it? Hold on, let me look here. Uh, it doesn't say on my prep sheet. Well, whatever volume it is, we'll figure it out next week. And then after that, episode, yes, 50, episode 50, and that will be uh, Creating Opportunities, and that will be our first visual element episodes on our YouTube page. So be sure to subscribe to our YouTube page, the Lab Epstein Hitting Podcast. And of course, new mo- episodes every Monday, 9 a.m. Eastern Time, Apple, Google, Spotify. And uh, well, that's about all I have to say about that. As Stone Cold Steve Austin Cheers. used to say when he was done his yep. uh, promo, when I used to watch wrestling as a kid, he'd be like, that's all I have to say about that. I thought that's what Forrest Gump said. No, no, no. Uh, no, he, he said many things, but he never said that's all I have to say about that. And he never gave anybody the Stone Cold Stunner. That's what I'm gonna do one no. day. If I have, a, if I have, a, if I have a, a daughter, I'm gonna uh, either tell I'm I'm either gonna assign myself or my son to give her boyfriend the Stone Cold Stunner. Nice. Yeah. That could have paralyzed a lot of people. Yeah, but it, it didn't. So didn't. give him a nice boom, Stone Cold Stunner. <laughs> All right. Um. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh. Our ADD session is over. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that. And uh, go Mizzou. Right? Go Mizzou. Go Mizzou. Go Mizzou. We'll talk to you next week. Salvage the series. Salvage the series. They did, right? That's right. Today's Monday. We just spoiled it for everybody. Yep. Yep. Or we didn't. Or we didn't. Who knows? Or they got swept. I don't know. See, I just saved it. We'll talk to you next week, everybody. Take care.